Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Welcome back. Welcome to 2018. This is the first live episode of the Tech Educator Podcast all year. Thank you guys so much for joining us on our brand new night. We are here live Wednesday, March 14th at 8.30 p.m., broadcasting live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, and wherever you find your podcasts. We have a great show tonight. We're all going to be talking about Google Slides, great things that are going to be happening in your classroom with Google Slides this year. Our good friend Dr. Sam Patterson is here, as usual, talking about a conference he's going to this week, and we're going to be discussing what can Google Slides do beyond the traditional PowerPoint. But first, I want to share a little bit about what's going on here in the world of the Tech Educator Podcast. As we just said, of course, we are live here on Wednesdays. This is our first ever Wednesday rehearsal, and uh, we are going to be switching things. We used to be Tuesdays. Now we're Wednesday, so set your calendars for that. We've got a great series of shows coming up all throughout the month of March and April. We love it if you guys could join us. Of course, we're live on TeacherCast.tv. We have a brand new chat, brand new everything. Check us out today over on TeacherCast.tv. Want to bring on our co-host tonight, Dr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Jeff. Glad to be here on the Tech Educator Podcast. It is great to be back, Sam. Um, before we get into some of the news on our end, how have you been? Uh, it's, it's been, what, four or five months since we've uh, recorded an episode together here. How are things with you and uh, in, in your world? You know, think things are good. The school year keeps marching relentlessly onward, and my kids keep doing bigger and better things. Uh, recently my school became the proud owner of a real life laser cutter. Hmm. So I've been learning all about how to use lasers in education. Pew, pew, pew in EDU, I believe is the hashtag. Excellent. Um, and it been coming up with a new summer program and thinking a lot about choice-based curriculum. Really excited to be back in the conversation. That is awesome, and I've been seeing some of the things you've been doing with lasers. Uh, talk to us a little bit, because some people don't have the concept of what a laser printer thing is. Is this like... Right. It is a laser cutter. Laser it does cutter. engraving and cutting, because engraving is really just half-hearted cutting, okay. right? Cutting so what, that doesn't go all what, the way through. What can you cut? Um, the materials that our cutter will use include thin pieces of wood and plywood, leather, fabric, um, cardboard, and even paper, if you're quick with a fire extinguisher. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So there's like safety involved in this? Oh, there's all kinds of safety involved in this. And there's venting and a lot of, like the laser cutter really is probably the most sophisticated piece of machinery in our entire school. And that's including the photocopier, which is a real first for the maker space. But, um, you know, there there's definitely a lot of safety and setup issues. It's not the kind of thing that you're going to run down to Best Buy and pick one up and be using it tomorrow without some serious considerations. That sounds like a a great show topic one day and i bet there's a good place for you to learn more about this stuff sam where can people go to learn more about your adventures with laser cutters to learn more about my adventures with laser cutters puppets and pies you can check mypaperlessclassroom.com 
That is awesome. And of course, we've been working really hard over the last five months to uh, recreate um, the TeacherCast Educational Network. That's right, Sam. We've uh, we've rebranded a little bit. We used to be welcoming everybody to the TeacherCast <laughs> Educational Broadcasting Network. And then we realized that that's a lot more characters that we have to cram into a smaller spot. So a uh, brand new teacher cast that we that we put together with the help of you, the listener. Over the last seven years, we've had the fortune to come into your living rooms, come into your headphones and, and really be a part of the lives of so many educators. And they said we would love to see teacher cast be able to do <gasps> This now, Sam, laser cutting was not one of those options. I'm sorry about that, but but maybe maybe in our eighth or ninth year. But we had the opportunity right. to really always room to grow. Absolutely, to to really kick back here, and um, you know, figure out what's going on. Right, like we decided to rebrand, redesign, new logo, new website, new everything. We had an opportunity to partner up with a fantastic company called Podcast Websites, which you can find more information out over at teachercast.net slash PW, created a brand new website, brand new website experience, and had a good time with it. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out teachercast.net, please take a moment to. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in there. One of my favorite spots is our educational podcasting channel. Now, Sam, you are an educational podcaster. Aren't I you? am an educational podcaster. Now, we have been asked for the last many, many years, how do you get started with podcasting? What do you do? How do you, you get started with podcasting? And that's the question that we've been getting. And so with everything here, we decided to rebrand, relaunch our educational channel. So if you go to educationalpodcasting.today, you're going to find all of our WordPress, all of our podcasting, all of our plugins, all of our all these different posts that we've made throughout the years. Plus, we are relaunching all of our podcasts. In fact, before our show today, Sam, we relaunched and, and recreated um, our Educational Podcasting Today channel. And you might be saying, but how do I get involved with all of this? I want to start a show or maybe I want to learn a little bit more about web design or any of that stuff. How do I get involved in all of this? There's an answer for that. If you go over to educationalpodcasting.tips, educational podcasting tips, that is our new private yet free Facebook group, educationalpodcasting.tips. You can join the Facebook group. We launched this, oh, I would say maybe a month ago, right? It was a few weeks before we launched the website. But essentially, we now have, I, I, I think we're almost approaching 100 educators in this. And it's grown into our nice little community of podcasters, bloggers, website developers, and just teachers that really want to learn more. Every day, Monday to Friday, we are posting a brand new question. This week, we're focusing on building community. So for instance, Monday's question was, what podcasts do you look for when you want to learn this? Or what blogs do you look for? And we're going to have a question a day. You can join it. You can, you can be in the community. We want to grow this into a very healthy group of educators who want to learn about this stuff. And 
we're having a good time. So educationalpodcasting.today is our website that has all the information. And if you want to join our private Facebook, which I'm seeing now that we're doing this live, we just picked up two more teachers into that group. I just got a notification. Um, absolutely. We would love to do that. So I want to give a big shout out there to oh Anne. God. And I want to give a shout out to Peggy, who uh, once I click over the, here on the button, they're going to become brand new members of our educational podcasting facebook group so thank you very much for that sam you've got some stuff over there right like teacher cast and my paperless classroom have partnered together talk to us a little bit about what we can expect from you this year so i'm really excited about the new look of teacher cast and really how it's more accessible and my paperless classroom is going into its now you you're you've seven years but i think i've been only since uh what is it 14 so i think it's going into it's about its fourth year Mm -hmm. but what's crazy is i'm on my third career since then yeah so my paperless classroom right this this what is paperless has kind of been my whole question to this and what you can you can plan on from my paperless classroom is more posts about meaningful making both kind of the big picture pedagogy end of things as well as the this is a lesson we did in order to do this kind of things. Um, I like to use it as a space to get deeper than what I get to on my Instagram, my paperless classroom on Instagram. Um, But the real, I think, goal is to be able to have more stuff out there that people can use, report back, try things out, kind of fostering that ongoing conversation with other teachers because there's so many people out there doing amazing work. And recently in my uh, workshops, I've been able to work more teacher's stories into it. So I'm hoping that my paperless classroom also finds ways to get more teacher's stories shared. And the best way to keep up with all of that is by going over to teachercast.net slash contact. You can, of course, reach out to us or teachercast.net slash subscribe. And you can find us, of course, on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, Android, Spreaker Radio, anywhere that you have stuff. We have reorganized. We have a you know brand new everything on TeacherCast. The only thing that we brought over, I think, was the, the funny, I believe. We, we kept the humor the same. I'd like to think we upgraded. No, no, we kept it the same, Sam. No, that one guy, he's not here anymore. Oh, that's right. That's right. You, that's right. Um, speaking of that one guy, as we go through here, you are going to have the opportunity tomorrow, Sam, to speak to many people all about uh, Google Slides. Now, we were talking about this earlier, and I sent you a picture of my, my, my little girl. She was right? on a she Google, was Google sliding. She was on a Google slide and you're like that she was having fun in Google slides. In fact, that should be the cover of this, right? And it should be a talk called Fun in Google Slides. Why are we having a conversation about Google slides, right? I mean, isn't this just another version of PowerPoint? Yes. But did you know you can write video no. games in PowerPoint? No, no. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. So, yes, it is another version of PowerPoint, but PowerPoint, Google Slides, all of these programs are likely much more powerful than you know. The amazing thing about a slide deck is you can easily turn it into a flip book. And we've done some some posting and talking and podcasting about this in the past. Um, but all of these tools are more versatile than we know. And the great thing about Google Slides 
is it ends up being a whole sequence of things that exist in between the student and I. So we can actually have, you know, I don't want to use the word collaborative here because I think it gets overused, but we can share all of these pages. We can change the order of them. We can set up a path through them. We can do many things so, with so, these resources. So it's collaborative. It is collaborative, okay. but it's not collaboration like, okay, get into groups of four and work into the bell rings because August is coming. No, it's not like that kind of collaborative where we just put kids in there and hope for the best. It's actually a space that we construct so the students can make important decisions that change the course of what they're doing. Like Google Slides isn't about starting at slide one and moving to slide 30. It's about being able to have access to all kinds of different things. And there's ways that you can set up your own paths through Google Slides. How would you do that? Uh, mostly by using links. So you set up a link to a different slide. Now, most people remember this as being, and I, I'll say this in quotes here, the Jeopardy way of doing things, right? Like you have you know, the Jeopardy board, and then you click on the number, and it, it clicks to another slide. And the nice thing about this is that if, if you're on slide one, and you want to set up a link to slide five, and then slide five gets shifted around and becomes slide 15, that link still stays. Right? Yep. So you're, you're always... You know, that that communication between those two slides, the slide and the link, I should say, is going to be consistent. That's pretty awesome. It is really awesome. And it's got a lot of uh, a lot of potential for instructors, because if you can do that, then you can set up important decisions that kids make that take them to different parts of the instructions. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's, that's what I'm presenting on tomorrow is really using Google slides as a structure to support choice-based student work. So you're using Google slides to make, uh, like a choose your own adventure type of a program. Exactly. Now I would assume that on a slide you are able to take advantage of more than just text, right? Like if you do, if you do the Jeopardy game, right, you're, it's easy to say I'm going to click on the $200 value and then that goes to a question. But Google Slides is now able to work with images, videos, drawings, uh, you name it, right? You can put a lot you of stuff. You can throw animated uh, as Ms. Geeky Teach, Sarah Boucher knew, noticed and employed in our South by Southwest workshop last week, which was amazing. Um, you can throw animated GIFs up in there because she had Stranger Things going on up in our presentation, and it was it was powerful and relevant stuff, I tell you what. So you can really call this collaborative. Yes, yes. Ex excellent. So let's talk a little bit about slides, right? Because, I mean, I, we're going to assume people out there who are listening um, – watching even know about slides the question that i get as a tech coach is how do you teach slides right so for instance today i did a workshop i had about 10 teachers and we did the great emoji challenge do you know the great emoji challenge 
Why don't you pretend that I don't? Well, we were looking to come up with an icebreaker for this full day course. And I was looking and looking at icebreakers and I found um, somewhere. I don't I, I, I'm going to give the person credit once I get the name. But I found somebody who basically took a slide deck and on each slide. There was two monster sized emojis. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of took that and looked at it and said, okay, let's do something with this. So after the slides with the emoji faces, I made a few extra blank slides and put a little red bar at the bottom, and I just had the word name. So as the teachers came in, I said, all right, we're going to split you up into groups, and your job is to take one emoji and put it on the bottom slide. So in other words, now that they basically had to come in, find the one that they like, fight for the one they like, copy, paste, and have it. Then I said, give your emoji a name, an occupation, family, history. Like, Give your emoji some personalization, right? And they were having fun with that. They were learning how to customize things and change. In other words, I set up the environment to teach the teachers how to use Google Slides. So they were all in the same slide deck. All in the same slide deck, right? Did any of the teachers cry? No. But what happened was... Some of the teachers said, oh, I can change the background. And then they realized, oh, I'm now changing the background for everybody. And now they said, oh, I'm going to go back. And now, you know, they were like apologizing for breaking up the community. Oh, they were apologizing. See, this is the nice thing about teachers right now. Oftentimes when teachers are working with students and you do that, where you dump them all in the same document. Yes. It's not collaboration. It's a cage match. Well, so when we use and that's why I kind of backed off of that word collaboration earlier, because that's a it's a it's a skill you have to like instruct towards. Right. So, well, the icebreaker worked for you. What one podcaster calls a cage match, another podcaster calls professional learning. Okay, so here they were. They had, and I set this thing up so that way the first question slide was again, you know, name it, what's your job, what's your relate, you know, all those like, give it a personality, and they had fun, right? All I was expecting is that they were going to come up with these words. They decided to write on their slides, or some of the groups actually put images on their slides. Like I actually had one took the emoji and put a St. Patrick's Day hat on the top of it, so they Ooh. dressed up their emoji. Then I had another slide. And on the other slide, I had two important questions. I said the first question was, what happened at the beginning of the day to make your emoji look that way? Right? Because some of the emojis were happy and some of them were crying and some of them were. So the idea was, what happened to make your emoji feel and look that way? And then the last question here was that teachable moment. I twisted them a little bit. I said, if this emoji walked into your classroom, how would you create or adjust your lesson accordingly? Right? Because we all have those moments where the kid comes in and they're happy, they're sad, they're energetic, they're they're googly-eyed, they're they're all right. They have no limbs. Right. They all these different things. So how would you take that that child? And it was really the difference between getting them interested, getting them to sit down with slides, and then I said, All right, now put your teacher hat on. How would you treat, teach, console, love this child? And they all went, oh. Because now they were faced with that adult moment rather than having the, oh, I'm going to call this guy Hector, right? Um, 
So we did the great emoji challenge and it was awesome as an icebreaker. But really my objective as the tech coach was get these teachers to learn how to use Google Slides. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, by by asking them to use their skills, <clears throat> you, you got them kind of playing in that space. And once they play in the space, it's a lot easier to imagine what you could do with it. Now, <clears throat> I was going to talk a little bit about one of the things I was sharing. I'm sharing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done a screen share in this Wirecast setup. What's the easiest way to get it so our viewers can see a Google slide? So that's a good question to have before the show, actually. Right? Sorry, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, that, let, let's talk through it, because most people are going to listen to this in their cars. Right? So t- tell us a little bit about what, what, what we're going to be looking or what, what So what I've got here is um, a, a thing that a friend and I have been working on, uh, which is called Doc and Share. And it's just a simple kind of learning strategy that asks kids to use a, a Google slide as they go through class. So it'll be multiple slides. I'm going to open up. I'm trying to get back to I'm in the middle of editing one and I'm trying to find it now. Um, there we go. Hey, Ooh. while you're while you're looking for that, I just want to stop the podcast and say, hey, Sam, happy. Pie hey, day. Jeff. Happy Pi Day. Thank you. I had a really good pie day today. What Made kind? pies. Oh, uh, apple. Okay. All right. Back to the podcast. Back to the podcast. So we, um, it turns out that I've made a very uh, funny slide deck here that actually puts what I want far, far away. There we go. So it's a simple slide deck that you give the kids and it reminds me a lot of the questions I would try to come up with and the activities I would come up with as an English teacher, because that's where I draw from. Right. And as a makerspace teacher, I'm always trying to get the kids to set a goal, follow up on it and report out. So these are just simple reflection documents. And the first slide of the reflection document is it says title, uh, biomechanics learning reflection because they were making a robot that moved like an animal. <clears throat> what I love about using Google Slides is that the kids go through and they do this documentation, then they can do a screencast narrating over the slide deck as they go through it, and it's a really well-organized video. If I don't have time for that, I have all of these Google Slides in relationship to me through Google Classroom so I can get to it. So the very first slide just says what I did. And there's two boxes. One says, describe your choice, bot or toy. Because the first thing I ask the kids to do is make a choice whether they're going to use one of our existing robots, we have three or four of them, or they're going to hack a toy in order to get to the point where they make something move. They're either taking apart a robot and repurposing it or starting from a toy. Mm -hmm. And that's where they talk about that choice. Next to it is a spot that just says, add a picture or video here. Simple slide, what I did. Describe your choice, add a picture. The next slide says the process, guiding questions, answer at least two. Now, this is a trick that I used all the time as an English teacher when I was trying to figure out how to introduce more choice into a situation where there wasn't a ton of choice because we all read where the red fern grows or whatever and had to answer questions about it because my job as an English teacher was to make that happen. Um, I would give them 
10 questions and say, answer five. Typically, they would read all of them and answer the ones that interested them the most. I didn't have to read as many questions. They weren't all the same. It was great. Same thing here. Questions are, what did you program with it? it I'm sorry, what did you program it with? How did you find the information you needed? What would you change for next time? Simple reflection things. And then there's another ad vi picture or video here. The next slide says specific learnings. Explain some code. How are motors controlled? What are pins in programming? And there's usually like a choose one or choose two on there, right? And these are in line with the very specific goals I had for this lesson. So when people say, how do you assess? It's here on slide four for this one. I look at slide four. I can tell whether the kid crossed the line, crossed the finish line as far as my explicit skill-based goals or not. Finally, slide five says my thoughts and feelings. What was the most interesting? Was it fun and engaging? What would make it more so? What would you do to make it better? And on the very last slide, it says, thank you for watching. Thank you and bye. Tune in and subscribe to my channel here. Link to other movies, right? Because these kids like to close this stuff out as a YouTuber. So we give them that language at the end. That way, when they're doing this as a screencast, they remember to actually say goodbye or thank you at the end of their video instead of just, and yeah. Because if you don't tell a kid what to say at the end of the video, they end with, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like being collaborative, right? It's exactly like being collaborative. It's really like a detailed process-based assessment. Right. And that's what we're going for here is is how do we assess in a way that captures the process without throwing a whole nother rubric on the end? Um, if we don't get all the way through this, I can see what my kids did because they're I'm asking them to go through and document every you know step of the way as they're going. So, you know, when we come back to the class, we can open this up and I can see, oh, we're most of us are at slide three. OK, good to know. Uh, when kids have specific questions, I can send them to an individual slide. Now, <clears throat> this is a really good example of kind of assessment at the back end of what we're doing, right? The, the, the end thing, this is where the pictures live. This is where the description lives. This is where that publicly shareable video can come from. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one other way that I really want to talk about how um, I'm just checking back on the, the chat box here. Um, there's just one other way I want to talk about using Google Slides, and that's more along uh, kind of the, the process of the class because okay. we talk a lot about choice-based instruction and student choice and student voice, and that's all fine and good, but really there are tools available to us now that make that oh so much more possible. When I started going to school way back in the they had um, a, a, an offset press in the teacher room that used mimeograph uh, ink. Have you okay. ever heard of a mimeo machine, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wasn't, I, I, I don't think that you're old enough to have learned off of mimeos, but maybe, but um that was hard because in order to make one of those, you actually had to make your master 
print. Like imagine you wanted to make a handout for your class. Right. You had to make the master and you had to use an acid etch process to create a printing plate, which you would then put in this rotating drum press yeah. in order to create all of your copies. Right. So every time you needed to make something new, you had to make a plate and that limited what teachers could do because you had to plan really well for everything because anytime you wanted to change what you were doing, the only way you had to create new rapid information took like a whole day. Right. So now okay. we have Google slides, which means I can prepare so much more than my kids are ever going to get to. And that Google slide is connected to the internet. I want to tell you a secret, Jeff. I'm, I'm, we're here. I have a doctorate in literacy education. Yeah. I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but sometimes it makes itself painfully obvious. And when my students want to know something, I make them read. And what I love about Google Sites or Google Slides is I can put links to the documentation for all the things we do. Sometimes they're blog posts I made. Sometimes it's the Adafruit website. Sometimes it's a YouTube tutorial. I put that information somewhere other than my head because my students want to do something and they want to do something interesting and maybe different than what the person next to them is doing. I want to help them do that. But the way I help them do, do that is I put them in touch with the documentation they're going to need to understand in order to do that. Now, okay, below third grade, you got to build your supportive documentation for this. But after about third grade, it's really a trick of getting the kids to make a decision about what they want to do and then putting them in touch with that documentation. And then they begin having a very real literacy experience because they're trying to figure out how to do a thing and they're reading the instructions. I am looking forward to seeing and hearing next week how this goes. You said that you're going to be giving this presentation uh, tomorrow. What was the event again? The Q conference in Palm Springs. I'm speaking in the afternoon and I've got about 20 minutes, so I don't think it's all going to fit, mm -hmm. but I've got some really great puns. So, so this, this thing I told you about putting the information somewhere other than me. Right. Um, it has, it's a, it's a thing. Like I, I can tell when I don't do it because my classroom breaks down. The students want to know how to do something and they all start asking me and they start following me around as though I am like a mother duck. Have you ever had that happen? I, I had a mother duck and share. That was about it. Ah, I, I, yes. Well, yeah. well, you know, when when they all start following me around like ducklings, ducklings and they and they start quacking my name. Right. And asking me for help and help and help. I realize that I have made a mistake and I have not put the information available to them. I have kept it in my head. Well, and I have made a I, I have when I have done that to myself in my head to help myself get over the embarrassment of having done this to myself again, I say, Oh no, Dr. Patterson, you've done it again. You've mother ducked yourself. So when we're taking a look at Google slides, 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 one of the questions is how young is, is 
like, can I be teaching Google Slides to kindergartners? Because I always look at slides and go, this is a great platform to teach your typing, your mouses, your keyboard shortcuts, your, you know, your, your all those different things. You can find activities um, in Google Slides. Like you can make up these things for for your little ones. You know, I I would agree. Like, there's a lot you can do if you're working in a situation where you've got you know a mouse and a and a screen. I think Google Slides is really really useful. If you're strictly tablets, there's there may be better tools. Um, but you know, Google Slides as being able to kind of create an experience that your kids can then work with. There's so many different you know potential uses for it that have great kind of creative flexibility. So we want to know what you guys are out there thinking with all of this. Obviously, if you're listening... What's on your slide? What's on your slide today? You can go to teachercast.net slash contact. Let us know what's going on. We would also love to have you as a guest. As we're getting the Tech Educator podcast um, up and running, we are looking for amazing teachers, just like you ed, ed tech companies just like you to be featured here on the channel as a guest we would love to have you on if you're listening to this now we would love to have you on the show you're qualified to be a guest absolutely so we would love to have you guys on check out all of that stuff we want to say thank you to all the people that were on our live chat tonight on facebook on teachercast.tv hey, on hey Jeff, yes the chat sir. the chat worked it did and, and there's a lot of things that, you know, again, thanks to our friends at podcast websites, teachercast.net slash PW, you are going to have a great experience this week over on teachercast.tv. We are live every single Wednesday night. Now, Sam, we are in the process of getting all of your posts up. And I had somebody the other day come up and say, what's with the dog? Um. For those listening and who have not had the chance to check out TeacherCast, can you explain, please, what is with the orange dog? Well, I mean, it's 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 a pug. Uh, the the background's orange. The dog's not necessarily orange. And there's a lot of dogs in my life. Um, you know, my paperless classroom is the journey of me as a maker educator and a, a professional educator one way or another. And one of the things I find is that my dogs are a great comfort and they're really cute. And sometimes as teachers, we talk about things that are hard to understand and we have to work really hard to do it. And it's, I think, kind of helpful to have fun and cute images around while we figure out how to do some of the hardest, most important work out there. Now, with everything going on, I always want to suggest you guys come on over to teachercast.net slash subscribe. Find us. Join the educational family again. Teachercast.net slash TV of, 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 you know, on everything here. And of course, educational podcasting tips. You can find us on our Facebook page. Sam, where can we locate you on your Twitters? I am on the Twitters at S-A-M-P-A-T-U-E. That's Sam Patui. Puppets and teaching usually excellent. And as we get out of here, I want to say thank you guys for everything. Thank you guys for the support over the last seven years. Thank you for the support over the last five months to get TeacherCast up. It looks great. It looks fabulous. You can, of course, find all of our stuff, our STEM posts, our instructional technology posts, our leadership posts, our My Paperless Classroom. We have nine podcasts now, Sam, in iTunes 
and Stitcher and Google Play. Lots of great stuff going on. The TeacherCast Educational Network. Until next time, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students.